welcome to the first special upfront edition of the Mumbrella Cast. I'm Callum Jasper, and today we're bringing you a standalone interview with Nine's Chief Sales Officer, Michael Stevenson. Throughout this year's upfront season, we'll be bringing you bumper episodes of the Mumbrella Cast featuring interviews with top Australian media companies as we hear how they're making their pitch to advertisers going into 2023. A bit of housekeeping for those who find us on Apple Podcasts. Apologies for the delay on last week's episode, but that should be live in your feed now. But anyway, enough from me. Here's that interview with Steve-O now. Michael Stevenson, Chief Sales Officer of Nine Entertainment. Welcome back to the Mumbrella Cast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a while and I'm, uh, yeah, it's great to be here. It has been a while, but uh, at least you've got uh, one appearance a year locked in as a guarantee, which is always good. <laughs> I think that's a compliment. So um, big week last week with uh, your Upfront's first in-person event for a few years there. A great show put on by Nine. I think all the, the kind of um, comments directly after were kind of lauding the, the, the kind of grand showing that you did and the coordination around it. How, how are you feeling now that that dust has settled and what's the sort of feedback been like? Yeah, I think, you know, the feedback was overwhelmingly positive, both on the day, on the night, and of course, um, <clears throat> in the press that you've seen afterwards. So I'm really happy with with how that was received. I think all of the all of the key messages and all of the key themes, our fully integrated strategy as Australia's media company, of course, came across uh, loud and strong, and that was um, received well by by both agencies, clients, um, and all of our other stakeholders that were in the room on the night. So, you know, I you always go in with, or I certainly do, with high expectations, and um, it delivered everything that I thought it would. Yeah, it's interesting. Some of the the dialogue since the event has sort of been about those themes that you mentioned there. It seems like this year was a bit more of a thematic approach than a sort of any major tent pole announcements approach. Was that, um, I guess, a sort of a, a sort of tactic going into it, sort of growing out that total product? Oh, I mean, there's no doubt that the future of media is total media. Um, and there's only one place in Australia that you can get that. And of course, that's that's at nine because of the the breadth of asset that we have in both television, radio, publishing, digital. Of course, all of those underpinned by our streaming products and our first party data. So, you know, I think you would expect and the market would expect us to lead the way in terms of the narrative. And, you know, not just the future of media, it's really today's media because it all exists today. Yeah. Um, but right alongside that, you know, we use the we use the upfronts as a platform to announce big, major, um, either strategic opportunities or certainly opportunities for brands. And you know, this year was absolutely no different. So there were nine major announcements on the night, um, alongside or within the total television, total audio, and total publishing uh, pillars. So lots of big announcements, which I'm sure we'll talk about in great detail over the next thirty minutes or so. Yeah, I guess um, maybe a good place to start uh, across those big announcements is um, maybe more directly on the content sl- uh, side of things, which will, I guess consumers will be seeing on their screens. Um, a few big announcements, and then we've got you know some returning formats as well, probably the biggest of those being the Summit. Um, obviously, very early stages on this one. What, can you kind of go into this a bit more for maybe those that didn't hear about it and sort of 
um, how you are selling it to advertisers right now because obviously, well, judging by what we saw, hasn't been uh, hasn't been shot yet. Yeah, so there's three three major um, format shows for next year across nine and nine now. Of course, the summit that you mentioned, Gordon Ramsay's Food Stars, and My Mum, Your Dad, all of which are being produced by um, Endemol. So the summit is the think about it as the the ultimate ultimate adventure and strategy game. We'll have ten Australians starting at the base of the summit, each with a backpack and a hundred thousand dollars. Of course, not everybody will make it to the top, <laughs> and um, it'll be a game of survival and strategy on the way up there. But there is an, an incredible twist um, at the end of the series, which I won't share with you right now because that would spoil it for you. But um, it'll be massive. I mean, you saw. You saw at our upfronts um, the type of footage and the sort of the, the scenery around Queenstown, which is where it's being shot. It'll be epic in size and scale, and it'll be one of those big, enormous shows that you expect expect from Nine. I I said this um, in all of the releases, and of course there are upfronts as well. That I think it's going to be it, it'll it'll be one of the biggest shows next year. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Yeah. And I reckon its competition is either Gordon Ru- Gordon Ramsay's Food Stars. Um, or my mum, your dad. So my mum, your dad, being of course the ultimate social experiment um, from the makers of maps, but looking looking at relationships um, as you know Aussies try to find love for the second time. What of course is interesting about this is that um, their children are the ones that are directing a lot of the traffic. So there's these really amazing amazing relationships, um, strength of relationships that you see, and it's just going to be fascinating to watch as will, of course, be Gordon Ramsay. Um, you know, we're on the search for Australia's food star. Um, and at the end of that um, that series, Gordon is actually investing his own personal money into, into <laughs> of that particular show, into their, into their idea around food. So, again, I think it's, it's, a different, it's a different play. It's a food format, but it's not a traditional food format. Yeah. And it's another good example, I think, all three of those shows that, Nine continues to innovate from a content point of view. So all of those big format shows are new, they're fresh, they've been created with us in conjunction with production companies, um, and they sit alongside all of the proven performers that we already have in the schedule. You know, Maps Maps will be back, Lego will be back, Block is there, Love Island is there, Snack Masters is there, Parental Guidance is there. Um, so we have just more content across more platforms than anybody else. And yeah. you, know, you heard from Adrian Swift, on Thursday, there's just a there's a strategy and a pipeline of product that we have here at Nine that, quite frankly, others don't have. And then I guess on the the there was a few that were maybe absent from those announcements. One of them being um, Australian Ninja Warrior. Is that returning at all? Yeah. So there are a few shows in the format last year that we haven't made decisions on, um, and we do that every year. And it's part of our strategy. You know, you'll see last year you saw Snack Masters and Parental Guidance come into the schedule. They were shorter yep. runs. We build on them. Um, we spend our content guys spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, what what sort of beats do we need to put into the show to make it resonate with audiences in the right demo across Nine, Nine Now, and of course on demand through Nine Now. Um, and we build those shows into formats. We'll do the yep. same this year with the summit, with Food Stars, and with My Mum, Your Dad, which allows you when a show starts to age demographically, or or doesn't convert into a streaming either live or on-demand audience, we've got the flexibility to be able to change the schedule. And so that's exactly what we'll be doing at the moment. But we've got such a depth of content uh, that we have options, which, 
in a in a um, total television business, uh, that's really important. I guess it's one of those ones. I think in particular Australian Ninja um, Warrior because it is, I guess, such a big format and such an expensive show. Uh, will we see, I guess, a decision made on that at some point soon? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're speaking with production companies and planning strategies around scheduling, et cetera, like all day, every day. Yeah. So, but yeah, but I, you know, I would, I would not get too hung up on one show. We don't need to. We've got no, for sure. 52 <laughs> weeks of primetime dominance. <laughs> and, then, and then in terms of um, the, the, the formats that you mentioned, they're the new ones. And then I guess, um, you know, there's existing ones like the block, Lego. It, the, there wasn't as much of a view of how the year is going to play out. Is there, um, can you give us any insight into that? Or maybe when we will get a sort of view in past years, that I guess there's been more of a rough um, kind of flow for how the year will go. Yeah, I mean, I can if it's interesting, but um, you know, our, our strategy around our upfronts was to be far more progressive. Like, you know, what our TV schedule looks like is a pretty archaic, traditional way of thinking about our business. But you know, we will start the year with the Australian Open. You will go into maths. You will have the block in and around the middle of the year. You will have Love Island in there, of course. We will have State of Origin in the middle of the year. You'll have the NRL and NRL final series. And all of the other formats will fit around that. Yeah. Um, to me, you know, I think the upfronts for us was really around showing our capability um, through our content, through our data and through our technology. Um, and, of course, showing how we're thinking about the future of all of those platforms. So, you know, the, the announcements we made around Nine Now and the development of that as a, as a live streaming first platform, I think is so significant. Yeah, the the role that live streaming will play in audio, and of course our strength in 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 that area, and of course we announced um, today's paper, which for all intents and purposes is the the nine now or the streaming product for for publishing. So the the ability to digitally insert your ads, um, either rich media or or streaming video into today's version of today's paper, is is pure gold for brands. So. Yes, we think about television. It's really important in a total television sense. Content will always be king for our company. But, you know, kind of what the schedule looks like is probably something that you'll never see in our upfronts ever again. Um, we'll get into some of that other stuff that you kind of got on to there in terms of today's paper and so on. Um, just coming back to something that you said, I think it was on uh, last year's podcast, um, last year, there was, uh, I guess, a big focus on Galaxy and kind of migrating buyers across to that platform. Um, I think you said at the time about 40% were using it, but that you wanted to um, get things sped up to around the 60 to 70% mark. Yeah. And I think you, you said you, you, you personally were a bit impatient on that side of things. Um, how's that kind of gone over the last year? And I guess, how is that tracking in terms of um, where you'd like it to be? And are you happy with the progress on it? Yeah, I mean, I mean Galaxy, Galaxy's been a game changer for our company. Um, and I think for advertisers as well, you know, the ability to to book a schedule of 100 or to book 100 ratings, to be delivered to 100 ratings, to have no shortfalls or no make goods, um, to have a, you know, technology automate your schedule and deliver it for you drives huge efficiency and effectiveness for advertisers, brands, and of course, media agencies. And, you know, like I understand that sometimes these things take a while to get traction. 12 months yeah. ago, we we're at 40%. Today, we are um, almost at 55% in total. Yeah. But um, what is really encouraging for me is of the big five holding groups, 
they are on average utilize their utilization is at seventy percent. Yeah. So the big buying the big buying agencies see the benefit, of course, in driving efficiency um, and ultimately, therefore, effectiveness, and have embraced it. Um, embraced it, and I think that's fantastic. What would you think would be a reason why there is, a, I guess, the disparity between the holding groups and the independents? Is it in terms of just scale capability, or why I think would it's just be time? To be totally honest, I think yeah. these things just take they just take a little bit of time. Um, you know, we launched Galaxy now, I think, five years ago for television. Um, I think three years ago we included BVOD within there, so you can now buy uh, live live broadcast, live streaming, and on demand television. The more that total television as a concept becomes more comfortable with people, I think the yeah. more you'll see people utilize Galaxy across all platforms. Um, the more that people feel comfortable that it can deliver the outcomes that has proven now to do over five years, I think you'll see that that um, utilization increase. And I, you know, I encourage anybody that's not using it um, to trial it, to test it, um, and if we can help in any way, of course, we're here. We're here to do that. It is a game changer, and it will change the way in which you think about buying TV. Yeah, and then in in terms of TV, we can get on to um, nine now, as you kind of mentioned before. Um, it, it seems like this was sort of a um, sort of watershed moment where Nine is really now pushing hard on that migration to, well, the full shift to BVOD. Um, I think the term that was used to describe the new kind of updated or major transformation was the simplicity of TV with the interactivity of digital. I hope I've got the wording right on that. Yep, um, that's right. The, the language sort of suggests that um, linear TV is almost kind of becoming a thing of the past. Was, is, that, is that kind of the way Nine's sort of viewing it now? We're going all in on BVOD as the kind of um, front runner in that total TV solution? Streaming, so the short answer is absolutely not. <laughs> yep. Let me explain why. There is absolutely no doubt that live streaming and on-demand television is going to be an enormous part of our future, but so is live broadcast. Yeah. And what I, I said this at our upfronts uh, when I was speaking, that television um, has been, is, and will continue to be the most powerful way to advertise, except over time you're going to increasingly buy television across all three of those platforms. But if you're an advertiser today and you want to reach a million people tonight, there is only one place to do that. That is on Channel 7, Channel 9, or Channel 10. It is the only place to do that. So TV, in, a, in its broadcast sense, you know, continues to be the dominant player. But, of course, we, it would be naive not to think about what the future looks like. And at some point in the future, we will be a streaming-only, internet-enabled um, industry. There is no doubt about that. But that's a long time off. <laughs> um could we see any, I guess, efforts from Nine to, I guess, speed up that migration at any point in the future? I know there's a few sort of uh, things in the works, like um, holding off. Was it Love Island Australia will be available first on um, Nine now and then released later? Any sort of um, initiatives like that down the pipeline? Yeah, you're right. So, you know, for the very first time, we will stream Love Island, which, of course, is an enormous uh, Nine now product. It is yeah. uh, demographically, it's younger. Um, it's consumed streaming first, um, <clears throat> on demand, of course, afterwards. And so for the very first time, we will have it on demand um, on 9 now first, and then it will play out on linear television in a broadcast yeah. sense um, after that fact. That's a, that's a huge change. But I wouldn't expect that we'll be doing that um, at large across, across our schedule. We will continue to be the absolute innovators and leaders. There's no doubt about that. 
but we are also really considered about the moves that we make from a strategic perspective and managing that transition um, across all three of those platforms, broadcast, streaming, and on demand is a really, really fine balancing act. Yeah, There is, you know, you've got to think about ad loads, you've got to think about pricing, you've got to think about how you manage campaigns across all three platforms for a brand, um, how you would utilize data, the role that Voz plays. It is not a simple take them from here and put them over here. So it's a very strategic move that we will make. We'll be considered in the way in which we do it. Um, but Love Island uh, on demand first and, and broadcast second, I think is a, a good example of, of, of where it can work to go yeah. um, nine now first. It's interesting, and Love Island is a very kind of um, individual example, isn't it? Because in the UK, I know everyone you know is watching. I think it has 10 plus million per night, something like that on ITV's um, BBOD service. Is there any ever any sort of learnings by by looking overseas into different markets, or is, is it kind of just a case by case? Yeah, I mean, I haven't looked at it specifically around Love Island, but relatively speaking, Love Island is as big here as it is in the UK. Yeah. There's obviously a much bigger potential audience in uh, in the UK than there is here. But yeah, I mean, our, our, our teams are, uh, are speaking with people around the globe all day, every day. So when formats become available, um, we're obviously talking to those guys when we, or we're working with them to create formats. And so many of the formats that we're creating here right now, parental guidance is a good example, produced, created by Nine, produced in Australia and now being sold to international markets so yeah you know you, you saw and one of the reasons why we wanted to showcase how much we how much content we were producing uh for stan through stan originals is to showcase just what a hotbed australia is from a content production perspective you know there'll be 22 stan originals produced here in australia next yeah. year in addition to everything we're producing at nine so there's a lot of content being created here and then being um either broadcast streamed or sold into international markets. Yeah, it's interesting. Stan was, um, I guess, speaking to some media agencies following the upfront. Stan was one of the kind of talking points that came out. But I think um, one of the comments was, you know, had a room full of people wondering, or I guess coming out wondering if we will see ads on Stan because, you know, you spend a good chunk of your time in a room full of media buyers talking about a product. Um, if there's no ads, I guess, in the pipeline, then then why would you kind of use that? Is, is that... I guess, is that at any point on the pipeline? Um, or if not, is it sort of more just part of building out, as you say, that that total product? Yeah, well, I mean, the the point of showcasing that was to showcase our strength and breadth of content production. Of course, as I mentioned earlier on, the audience for our upfronts was much broader and wider than just a, a traditional media buying or, or agency or client um, audience. So yeah. to showcase the breadth of our, of our business was important. But you know, in terms of will there be ads on stand? Well, if you're buying, if you're buying into our um, rugby coverage, of course, all of the integration from Nine does get pulled through onto the Stand Sport flat platform. Yeah. But we don't need to put ads into Stand. We already have an ad an ad funded streaming product. It's called Nine Now. So, unlike others, we don't need to put ads in there. Um, you know, I think we've we've spoken publicly before, both myself and Mike, around the the economics of doing that. Um, we don't see any benefit, certainly for our company. So yeah. there is no plans to do that um, anytime, anytime in the future. And then in, in terms of, um, 
I guess, competition in that space. Another one a few people have been asking about, of course, is the the imminent Netflix launch. Do you sort of see that as, um, I guess, as a competitor at all or as a threat competing for ad dollars? Or is, is that just a new stream coming in there um, that, I guess, is, is adding on top? Yeah, I mean, like that. Clearly, they're a, they are they produce long form, professionally produced content. So that, of course, um, I think I think you know the, the more people that we have in the market producing um, quality is quality content, in particular if it is local and Australian, I think is a good thing. I think if you're an advertiser um, and you were spending money on digital video today, I suspect the smart ones would take their money away from social video like YouTube and Facebook and move that into Netflix and BVOD as opposed to moving any of their advertising dollars today from nine now, um, seven plus or Netflix, 10 play yeah. into Netflix. Yeah. Um, so more, a bigger pool of, of premium produced content, I think continues to, to fuel the rise of BVOD and, and as it, as it should, it's a far more premium, um, quality advertising environment than social video. We've proven that time and time again. I'm interested to get your thoughts. There was a report that came out the, um, the day after the upfront event um, that some media buyers would be looking to sort of play the market a bit more next year. Is that something that I guess was anticipated coming into it? And I guess the on the state of the economy, I know I think the words you mentioned um, during your closing um, address was that there will be less dollars. So, you know, be smarter about the way that you spend them. Was that, I guess, was that something you expected? Um, I didn't say there would be less dollars. What I did say is that there would be winners and losers through times yes, of economic change. Sorry. Forgive me. Yeah. And so, and I think that's absolutely true. Like, um, you know, there is no doubt that there is a there are a range of factors that are in our economy right now that that may or may not impact on ad markets. I don't I don't have a crystal ball to to see that. Uh, we don't see it at the moment. Markets are very very strong, and I suspect that will con- continue in the short to midterm. But I think you know there has never been a I don't think it's ever been a better time to be a marketer because the opportunity to grow your business and take market share in periods of economic change is enormous. But to do that, you've got to choose a media partner. And so, you know, I would be surprised if media agencies were floating large parts of their upfront commitments. Um, certainly, you know, we're, we're here, ready, willing and able to, to have conversations that are far longer term than shorter term. But if people do decide to do that, then so be it. I can't control that. Um, we will be there every day producing great content that delivers bigger audiences than anybody across all platforms. And I reckon we're a pretty good partner. So not perfect by any stretch, but um, but we're, we're most things to most people. We've got the best content, we've got the best data, and we've got the best technology. I'm interested in one more thing that we kind of um, go back to off last year. There was the announcement of that um, study with um, Amplified Intelligence. What was the sort of, um, I guess, the outcome of that or maybe some of the learnings? And was there a reason why you've decided to, I guess, um, what was, unless you can tell me otherwise, maybe not push forward on that front? Um, yeah, so we definitely have. It's definitely not true that we haven't decided to move forward, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think attention is, as a, as a theme, is going to continue to be more and more important for brands. Yeah. So you're right. We did, we did, we've done one test with, uh, with um, Karen Nelson-Field. We've got very deep granular data um, across our schedule. 
and we've been able to extract great insight from that data. Um, you know, the, the reality is, however, that was just a piece of research at a point in time for it to yeah. become meaningful for brands and advertisers. You know, you'll need to be able to optimize campaigns in real time against some form of attention currency. And that's not for one second saying that Oztam television ratings and VPN ratings are not going to be the, the currency because they always will be. But um, I think there is a place for attention to become um, another tool by which advertisers and agencies can look to extract more value from media owners in terms of maximizing the value of the audience that we have. And so that I'm heavily invested in. What that looks like, um, I'm not quite sure right now. And But we are investing a lot of time internally to, to understand what it could mean for brands and how we can help advertisers um, find really valuable pockets of audience within our, within our uh, framework of, of platforms. And um, uh, excuse me if it seems like I'm kind of jumping through a lot. There is a lot to get through, as we mentioned, um, a lot of announcements uh, last week. One, uh, another aspect kind of um, that sort of cropped up was the, it appeared as though the, it was a little light on sport this year. Um, obviously, you know, that comes within the context that you do have pretty much every sport across, um, you know, those three streams, nine now, uh, nine and stand sport. Um What's the sort of approach to that this year? I know there was obviously a lot of chatter about the AFL deal and the lead up, um, and then how that would work with your your um, your other rights deals. How, what, what's the sort of reality there? Um, yeah, I mean, I did I did read someone someone else said that it was light on sport. I would not. I don't feel like that at all. Yeah. So we kick off the year with the biggest the biggest sport over summer in the Australian Open. We go straight into the NRL. Um, home and away season. We obviously have the three state of origin matches, live, exclusive and free on nine and nine now, obviously. NRL finals. We've got um, on Stan Sport um, so much from Super Rugby, the Bledisloe, Champions League. Uh, We've obviously got the entire Grand Slam. We've got the US Masters. We've got the UCI Cycling. Next year, we have the T20 World Cup. We've also got the Ashes, if you're really into cricket. So... So we've kind of got almost everything, except uh, we don't have the AFL, obviously, and those rights have just been won by Foxtel and, and Seven, and it's a great sport, and I'm sure those guys will do a great job. But outside of that, all of the major sport uh, we have across Nine, Nine Now and Stan Sport. Well, the, there is one also that you you missed there, the Olympics. Um, it, it's what well, uh, be interested to get your take because you know conversation has kind of been around that AFL deal and the price that was paid for that. Um, and some may have suggested that the uh, that uh, whether indirectly or directly, um, its competitors pushing that price up might have made um, a new Olympics deal unaffordable for seven. Is that something that that nine might consider? Oh, I mean, we were we obviously were having conversations about the AFL like everybody else was, um, and the Olympics also is is a rights deal that is in the market right now. It hasn't been confirmed where that will go um, and I'm in no way in a position to comment around what the balance sheet and, and financial situation of my competitors or our competitors are. I'm not that close and don't spend that much time thinking about that. Um, but sport's important to media companies and like I said, we've got, we've got an amazing range of sport across all platforms, which we're happy with. If we get more in the future, that'll be amazing. Um, yeah. But we're so strong already, we're not reliant on it. 
And then on um, publishing, you you alluded to earlier the um, today's paper. Um, seems like this was probably the most exciting announcement to come out of the publishing division because it's you know something completely new and a new way for advertisers to place ads, which I'm sure um, everyone would probably be quite excited by. Um, it, it sort of you know when you first uh, mentioned it to us in last week's briefing, the first thing I kind of thought about was the early stages of you know the implicate uh, implementation of uh, the tablet issue of you know the age and the SMH back in the day. Where do you sort of see um, what is first being rolled out and what, in terms of the end product, where can these, the opportunities go with the, the digital paper? Yeah, you know, I think you get the internet with today's paper, which is obviously a downloadable version of the paper of the day. Up until this point, it's had the advertising from today's paper physically already there. It's been exactly the same. So with today's paper and the ability to digitally insert advertising into that, you get the very, very best of the newspaper in terms of it being curated content. And as much as we want to go and search and we want to just find things and explore and create our own on-demand world, if you like, the vast majority of people still want that something that is curated in front of them and I can sit there and read, listen or watch. And so that's, I think that's, it's for that reason why I think it's become so popular. Yeah. Now we get the benefit of the tactility and the curation of a newspaper with all of the interactivity of digital. And because we're able to use our broad first-party data asset, we're able to deliver more targeted advertising to those people who are downloading. So the opportunities are endless. Yeah. So you can, you know, there's no reason why we can't have streaming video on the on the front page. There's no reason why we can't change the advertising ad and target at specific audiences. There's no reason why we can't digitally insert catalogs into that paper. And you know, as I said on Thursday, the best part of it, you can do it all today. We're ready. We're not promising that something's going to be delivered. We've yeah. built it. And now you can use it. You can buy it. You can experiment with it. I think it's brilliant. But I also don't think it was the most exciting. It was just one of the most exciting things that we had in publishing. Because right alongside that, we announced that we would implement text-to-audio technology. So not only can you read um, an article of your choice, you can listen to it. Yeah. And if you're getting up early in the morning and you create your own playlist... You can do that and listen to the 10 articles or whatever it is on your way to work. I think that's a game changer. Again, it's showing how we're the innovators and we're the leaders. And we can do that, that because we produce more content than anybody else. We would, there be, would there ever be a plan to kind of move those stories uh, onto, for example, one of your podcasting apps and kind of be able to access it in that way? Or is it right now it's just on, um, just on those native apps? Yeah, so we don't we don't see a world where we'll have podcasting apps per se, um, yeah. but you know we already have. As I mentioned this on Thursday. We have twelve and a half million people going to the Sydney Morning Herald and the Age every single month. We already have a destination where people flock to because of the content that we create. Now we're making it available to them uh, via audio as well as um, in the the physical ability to read. So. It's just about giving people more access to the content that we create. And like I said, it's not just in television where we create enormous amounts of content. We're doing 24 hours a day of live content and radio and, of course, enormous amount of content every day across our publishing assets. So we've already created the content. We just need to distribute it more broadly. And then um, a, a few more announcements. Uh, Brisbane Times uh, is getting supercharged. Um, a couple on that. Um, first of all, uh, would there be, I guess, any plans soon to make the um, today's paper available for that 
um, for that particular paper. Um, and then if you've got any more information on, I guess, the, the resources that are being further made available in the Brisbane market. Yeah, so we won't, there won't be a today's paper version, if you like, um, on the Brisbane time. There obviously, there is no printed product in Brisbane. It's a, it's a digital and online only product. Um, so we won't have a today's paper version of that. But what we will be doing is investing more into resource, uh, more journalists, more local stories, and having our teams at Nine News and 4BC working more collectively um, and cohesively with with the team at Brisbane Times to create more stories for Southeast Queenslanders and for Queenslanders broadly. Yeah. It is an enormous opportunity for us to utilise the strength of our assets to give people a real alternative in that market, which they haven't really had up until this point. So I'm excited by what the guys can do up there. Yeah, obviously, um, the the timing last week was 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 great for Nine in terms of securing that deal with the the journalist just before uh, the event. Um, I guess is there any targets for for hiring in in that market? In, in, um, you kind of mentioned that. Uh, I won't go into that level of detail, but you know, needless to say, the investment that we're making into into the Brisbane Times is around people and journalists and um, and resource to create more stories, more local stories for Queenslanders. So. Um, and James Chessel and his team obviously uh, will be responsible for all of that. So um, in terms of, I, I guess, the next 12 months for nine, how, how do you sort of want to, um, I, I, there's a lot there, but how do you sort of want to frame that? I know you kind of mentioned um, the, 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 the massiveness of sorts of nine. How do you sort of see that playing out over the next 12 months? Oh, you know, 12 months ago, I, I welcomed everybody who was at our upfronts to the Roaring Twenties. And of course, the Roaring Twenties were a time of like great economic prosperity. And I still think that's going to be the case. There will be enormous opportunity for those that are willing to take it. And if you're a marketer, then I think the opportunities are endless. But the world is changing rapidly. And we're trying to change at least as quick as it, if not a little bit ahead of it, if we, if we believe we can see that clearly. And it's the whole notion of total total media, total television, combination of live broadcast, live streaming and on demand, total audio, combination of live radio, live streaming and podcast. And in publishing, this unique place where advertising and subscription, print and digital can all work together. If you've got all of those things happening and you can support that with uh, a richness of data, which we've got, and you can make yourselves really easy to buy, which we've done. And then you can put power in the center of that and create big ideas for brands that live across all of those platforms. Then I think we can be everybody's major media partner. Um, we're not everything to everybody, of course. Yeah. We're most things to most people. We are Australia's media company and, um, and I want to be everyone's partner. <laughs> you want to be everyone's friend. All right, uh, thank you very much for joining me today, Steve-O. It's always my pleasure, thanks for having me. And that is it for this Mumbrella Cast Upfronts edition. Just a reminder, we'll be without our usual Thursday episode this week due to public holiday interruptions. But we'll be back next week to our normal programming. Once again, please leave us a rating or review if you like what we do, or otherwise, if you have any suggestions, we're always happy to hear them. Thanks again to Steven for joining us today, and we'll see you next week.